Audite, Agite. This is Vox Romana, your Roman podcast. I'm Marco Hortensia Maior, bringing you now the news. A Punic necropolis dating to the 4th-5th century BC has been discovered in Sousse, modern Tunisia. Archaeologists are quite excited as it may shed light on ancient Punic culture before Carthage was destroyed. Cato has a lot to answer for. People are always talking about British medical care. Dr. Nick Summerton, GP, says in his book, Medicine and Health in Roman Britain, that Roman doctors perform cataract operations. Celsus describes one right here. A needle is to be taken, pointed enough to penetrate, yet not too fine, and this is to be inserted straight through the eye. When the correct spot is reached, the needle is to be sloped and should gently rotate there and little by little. Well, you get the point. Eye needles have been found in archaeological deposits in Britain, and another form of breaking up of the cataract was by thumping someone on the head with a large stick. Does the NHS still do this? The Lupercalia will commence ante diem quintum decimum calendas martius. The ancient Roman festival, famous for the Luperci who ran through the streets striking women with goatskin whips. No, no, this was desired, as it was thought to ensure fertility and an easy birth. Mark Antony, known for his physique, was a luperx during his consulship. The day is nefasti publici, and my good friend Saturninus will explain the mysteries of the Roman calendar, coming up in our show. Salvete omnes. Caius curius Saturninus sum. I was, asked, I was asked to shortly present here the Roman calendar. I will start by discussing the Roman calendar in general and the history of it. I will also talk about Roman week. In the next podcasts, I will continue about this theme and especially about the Roman system of dates. But let's begin. The Romans understood time in fundamentally different way than we do. It was not only that time measurement was different, but also there was no single dominating system that would have included complete measurement system of time. Rather, there were dozens of different ways to measure time, and these were based on social divisions of the Roman society. For example, time of politician from Urbs Eterna was different from the time of tradesmen from some nearby country town. Farmers and fishermen had their own times and life rhythms according to which they lived. Also, each Roman community had its own time. The calendar was different at each city. The holidays were not uniform, even the market day was different different at each community. Traveling merchants carried with them calendar tablets made of clay, in which the nearby city's market days were marked, so that he could travel from market to market in optimal way. So not only different social classes had their own time systems, but also the calendar cycle was different in each community. And further one went from the eternal city, the more varied was also the calendar of religious festivals. This makes understanding the Roman calendar a challenge for people of our century. Next I will talk about the history of Roman calendar. It is an important background for understanding some of the peculiarities of the Roman calendar. At first, year was solar year that is, 10 lunar months and 51 days. Year began in March, that is, Martius, month of Mars. Then came Aprilius, Maius and Junius, and these were the only months with special names. 
Other months were only numerally known, quintiles, sextiles and so forth, for fifth month, sixth month, until the last, tenth month, December, that is December. The months began from new moon and ended before the next one. The duty of the priest was to announce when the first quarter of the moon had uh, when, when the first quarter of the month had come, that is none, and also when ides and other festivities of the month would be. Priests were responsible of calendar in general too, and that is a fine example of the complex relationship between uh, Roman religion and the state. Later, during the Republican period, two more months were introduced and the year was 355 days long. The months of January and February were added and both were quite irregular. Also, the calendar and timekeeping were not always accurate. There was systematic error in the length of the year and also there were mistakes made by the priests. And at the end of the Republican period, the calendar did not correspond with the correct time of year. That meant that harvest festivities were celebrated at the wrong time of year. Which contemporary Romans thought was wrong, but the nature of the Roman religion made it quite difficult to correct the situation. It took the extraordinary situation of death struggle of the Republic at the turbulent year of 46 before Common Era to Gaius Julius Caesar to took unto himself of correcting the situation. That year was 400. 45 days long and set the calendar to correspond with the times of year again. Also, the months were regulated to correspond with the solar year, not to lunar months. Later, the Julianic calendar was corrected by shortening the year by 11 minutes and 14 seconds in Gregorian calendar at the end of the 16th century. That is, in short, the history of Roman calendar from lunar months to solar year. This should also illustrate how fundamentally different notion of time the Romans of those periods have had compared to our own. For most Romans, the calendar was a religious thing that controlled rhythms of life rather than economical schedule of their lives, as it is for us. Next I will talk about the Roman week, and this further illustrates how different meaning the time had for the Romans. Our week of seven days is a Greek invention and it was not widely used in the ancient world, uh, it was more of a curiosity, not something that was act actually used in the real life. In Roman week, there are eight days, from A to H. Also, the Roman week, there is, uh, in the Roman week there is no weekend or any kind of Sabbath or Sunday. The last day of the week was Nundina, the market day. The market day was especially important measurement of time because then the country folk would came into the city to sell their products. It has in enormous importance economically and socially to the lives of the people in the Roman world. It also carried other important communal functions. For example, new laws were announced at the market day. To put it more exactly, the laws were announced at the next three market days after passing of the law and after that third Nundina, no one could appeal of not knowing that something was illegal. This example also underlines the importance of the market days for the Romans. Because of the lack of the weekends, Romans basically worked every day. But there were lots of public festival days to bring down the number of working days in a year. 
The amount of the festive days seems to grow by time, but during the Republican period the amount of working days in a year was not that different from our own calendar. <clears throat> Next time I will discuss about Roman dates and usage of the calendar. Now it has time it now it has come time for me to say Valete omnes. And now something new for Vox Romana. Meredith Bragg's song Plinian is part of his album Silver Sonia. Enjoy. When the stones rain down and smoke grows above the clouds, dodging the breeze, my uncle put his fleet to sea. And as he waved and turned away, set his sails across the bay. Who could ever guess, my dear Tacitus? The gods were so enraged. And lightning arts and dust turned the daylight dark. And the helmsman cried, wondered if they'd survive. But through the thickening smoke, they found the harbor choked. Still he urged them on while he stayed calm. And the ash fell like snow. And the mountain growled, tearing the buildings down. And for two dark days, fires lit the Naples Bay. When it came for them to leave, there was no escape by sea, and his body fell as the vapors swell. Say he died as if asleep.
And now we continue with our reading of the Aeneid, our national epic. It's who we are. Aeneas scopulinterea conscendit et omnem prospectum late pelagopetit, antea siquem jactatum vento videat frigiasque biremis, aut capin, aut celsis impupibus arma caici. Now in conspectu nullam, tris litere cervos prospicit errantis, hos tot armenta secuntur, a terget longum per vallis pascitur agmen. Constitit hic, arcumque manu celerisque sagittas corripuit, fidus quae tela gerebat achates, ductores quipsos primum capit alta ferentis, cornibus arboreis sternit, tumulgus, et omnem misget agens telis, nemorinter frondea turbam, nec prius absistit, quam septin gentia victor, corpora fundat humet numerum cum navibus aequet. Hinc portum petit et socios partitur in omnis. Vina bonus quaedende cadis honoraret acestes, litere trinacrio, dederat qua beuntibus heros, dividit et dictis maerentia pectora mulcet. O socii, nequenem ignari sumus ante malorum, o passi graviora, dabit Deus his quoque finem. Vos et scilaiam rabiem penitusque sonantis acestis scopulos, vos et cyclopia saxa experti. Revocat animos, maestumque timorem mitite, forsan et haec olim meminisse juabit. Per varios casus, per tot discrimina rerum, tendimus in latium, sedis ubi fata quietas ostendunt, illic fas regna resurgere Troiae. Durat et vos met rebus servate secundis. Talia voce refert curis quingentibus aeger spem vultus simulat, premet altum corde dolorem. Illi se praed acingunt dapibusque futuris, tergera de ripiunt costis et viscera nudant. Pars in frusta secant verebusque trementia figunt, litor aena locant alii, flamasque ministrant. Tum victu revocant viris, fusique per herbam, implentur veteris baci pinguisque ferinae. Postque exempta fames, epulis mensae que remotae, amissos longos socios sermone requirunt, spemque metum quinter dubii, seu vivere credant, siu extrema pati, nec iam exaudire vocatos. Praecipue, pius Aeneas, nunc acris oronti, nunc amici casum gemit, et crudelia secum, fata duci, fortemque gian, fortemque cloantum. Et iam finis erat, cum Jupiter, aetere summo despiciens, mare veli volum terrasque iacentis, Litoraquet latos populos, sic vertice caeli constitit, et libiae defixit lumina regnis. 
atquilum talis jactantem pectore curas, tristior et lacrimis oculos suffusa nitentis ad loquitur venus. O qui res hominumque deumque aeternis regis imperiis et fulmine terres, quid meus aeneas in te committere tantum, quid troes potuere, quibus tot funera passis, cunctus ob Italiam terrarum clauditur orbis? Cert hinc Romanos olim volventibus annis, hinc fore ductores revocat a sanguine teucri, qui mare qui terras omni dicione tenerunt, policitus, quae te genitor sententia vertit? Hoc equid ocasum Troiae tristisque ruinas solabar, fatis contraria fata rependens. Nunc eadem fortuna viros tot casibus actos in sequitur, quem das finem rex magne laborum? Antenor potuit, mediis e lapsus acivis, illyricos penetrare sinus, ad quintima tutus, Regna liburnor et fontem superare timavi, unde per ora novem vasto cum murmure montis, it mare prorupt et pelago premit arva sonanti. Hic tamen il urbem patavi sedisque locavit, teocror et genti nomen dedit armaque fixit, Troia, Nunc placida compostus pace quiescit. Nos tua progenies, caeliquibus adnus arcem, navibus infand, a missis unius ob iram prodimur, at quit alis longe disjungamur oris. Hic pietatis honos, sic nos in sceptra reponis? Aeneas climbs a crag, meanwhile, and searches the whole prospect far and wide over the sea, looking if he can see anything of Antheus and his storm-tossed Phrygian galleys, or Capus, or Caecus's arms blazoned on a high stern. There's no ship in sight. He sees three stags wandering on the shore, whole herds of deer follow at their back, and graze in long lines along the valley. He halts at this, and grasps in his hand his bow, and swift arrows, shafts that loyal Achates carries, and first he shoots the leaders themselves, their heads with branching antlers held high, then the mass with his shafts, and drives the whole crowd in confusion among the leaves. The conqueror does not stop until he scattered seven huge carcasses on the ground, equal in number to his ships. Then he seeks the harbor, and divides them among all his friends. Next he shares out the wine that the good Acestes had stowed in jars on the Trinacrian coast, and that hero had given them on leaving, and, speaking to them, calmed their sad hearts. O oh, friends! Well, we were not unknown to trouble before. O oh, you who've endured worse, the God will grant an end to this, too. You've faced rabid Scylla and her deep-sounding cliffs, and you've experienced the Cyclopes' rocks. Remember your courage, and chase away gloomy fears. Perhaps one day you'll even delight in remembering this. Through all these misfortunes, these dangerous times, we head for Latium, where the fates hold peaceful lives for us. 
There Troy's kingdom can rise again. Endure, and preserve yourselves for happier days. So his voice utters, and sick with the weight of care, he pretends hope in his look, and stifles the pain deep in his heart. They make ready the game and the future feast. They flay the hides from the ribs and lay the flesh bare. Some cut it in pieces, quivering, and fix it on spits. Others place cauldrons on the beach and feed them with flames. Then they revive their strength with food stretched on the grass and fill themselves with rich venison and old wine. When hunger is quenched by the feast and the remnants cleared, deep in conversation they discuss their missing friends, and between hope and fear question whether they live or whether they've suffered death and no longer hear their names. Aeneas the virtuous above all mourns the lot of fierce Orontes, then that of Amicus together with Lycus's cruel fate, and those of brave Gaius and brave Cloanthus. Now all was complete when Jupiter from the heights of the air looked down on the sea with its flying sails, and the broad lands, and the coasts, and the people far and wide, and paused at the summit of heaven, and fixed his eyes on the Libyan kingdom. And as he weighed such cares as he had in his heart, Venus spoke to him, sadder still, her bright eyes brimming with tears. O you who rule things human and divine with eternal law, and who terrify them all with your lightning bolt, what can my Aeneas have done to you that's so serious? What have the Trojans done, who've suffered so much destruction, to whom the whole world's closed because of the Italian lands? Surely you promised that at some point, as the years rolled by, the Romans would rise from them, leaders would rise, restored from Teucer's blood, who would hold power over the sea and all the lands. Father, what thought has changed your mind? It consoled me for the fall of Troy and its sad ruin, weighing one destiny, indeed, against opposing destinies. Now the same misfortune follows these men, driven on by such disasters. Great king, what end to their efforts will you give? Antinor could escape through the thick of the Greek army, and safely enter the Illyrian gulfs, and deep into the realms of the Liburnians, and pass the founts of Timavus, from which the river bursts, with a huge mountainous roar, through nine mouths, and buries the fields under its noisy flood. Here, none the less, he sighted the city of Padua, and homes for Teucrians, and gave the people a name, and hung up the arms of Troy. Now he's calmly settled in tranquil peace. But we, your race, to whom you permit the heights of heaven, lose our ships, shameful, betrayed because of one person's anger, and kept far away from the shores of Italy. Is this the prize for virtue? Is this how you restore our rule? And that's all for our podcast today. Walete. And remember, life is short, but Rome is eternal.